We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots Podcast. This is episode 171 of the pod. A victory Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Victory Today Tuesday is Tuesday. Yeah. Podcast for the boys here as the Bears move to 1 0. An uninspiring effort against the Detroit Lions to open up the season, but a win is a win is a win. Matt, we will dig deep into yep. the Bears game as well as do an NFL whip around a little by ourselves because there's a lot going on in sports right now. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how are you? Well, I'm feeling you know great. I'm feeling younger. I'm feeling spry, all that. But you're younger. the you're the younger. How are you than feeling you. younger? I'm feeling younger than you because you're 30 now. Well, that's just, how's that? That's, or, or is that too much personal information? I'm not upset. No, 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 no. That's that's Are we not spreading that. We keep some that people. Down, huh? Some people just say happy birthday. You didn't I did that yesterday. You, What's you didn't the day have after? to say you feel younger than me because. Well, it's the day after. Yesterday. Because let me tell birthday. you. I didn't let sell me tell you yesterday. You. I took weight until my today. My vitals. I gave my you your vitals. Day. Probably better. My than vitals, mine. my blood level, Probably my everything. Everything is that of a young strapping man, okay? I'm, I'm a young man. Strapping. Good. Some would say Some would say strapping, but I'm a I young man. I would not man say strapping. Who's still capable of young man things. Um, I'll run around in a park. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll do sprints. I'm still capable of tracking down fly balls and shedding tacklers, okay? So don't, don't get I mistaken. I would love to like, run that. I'd love to hit you some pop flies. That'd be fun. Yes. Be a good segment. I thought you were going to say you'd love to try and hit me, which I was like, all right. Let's, I'm sure oh, no, I could, I, I'm not I'm a sure we can wrestle up some pads here. I, I've never been a tackler. I For a little moose, little moose and Rizzo, Oklahoma drill. Keep, keep everything regular here. But thank you. I appreciate it, I think. Um, yeah, it was yeah. somewhat of a compliment. It was me acknowledging uh, that it was your birthday. That's close broke into Broke into a new decade here. Um, as I've said many times before, ask anyone who knows me, I've been – I've been 30 years old since I was probably 25. Um, I've long been the voice of reason amongst our friends. Not that uh, I'm not <laughs> here for a good time, but I'm also here for a long time. And that longevity uh, starting to come into play here uh, in the 30s. But no, very happy to have uh, spent my birthday at home with family a couple weeks ago. And then uh, Shelby and I had a fantastic day in New York City yesterday. Literally couldn't have drawn up a better one. So it, it was a fantastic celebration. You look, you look good. You look good on those Instagrams. Like Thank you. I appreciate healthy. that. Uh, and I, <laughs> are you, you're like truly concerned about my health. You look healthy. That I'm a 30 year old. I will tell you. Uh, I will tell you if the uh, if the health um, deteriorates here quickly at any point in the early stages of my 30s. But I think we're going to be all right. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna keep things uh, just as just as productive as ever. But uh, no, thank you for the well wishes and uh, just a day older here and uh, looking to keep. Uh, we're gonna keep a good thing going in many ways here in my thirties. Was was happy to lay a pretty serious foundation there in the twenties, and we, we keep things rolling here in the thirty and uh, and beyond. But uh, we got plenty to talk about here today. The Bears. Uh, the Bears made me feel the oldest. Oh my the bears, god! The Bears. I are aged. What ages I, I aged to thirty in that. Game. I think that we all have. The cardiovascular systems of a 65 year old cigarette smoker because mm-hmm. of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's probably um, right. It has been, uh, you know, it, 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 the thing that was most frustrating for me, and we're going to get into frustrations. We're going to break down what we saw, but it, it was a win, but it was a win we have seen a million times before. It had all the beats of Chicago Bears football that, has to- that, just, that just out and out told you that 
regardless of the long off season, regardless of the layoff, regardless of the change in quarterback room, um, regardless of Matt Nagy feeling his seat get hotter, nothing has changed. It is the Bears team that they've been for the better part of a half decade, but let's call it three years for the better part of three years here. And there's no surprise. There is no – while I wasn't taken back by the way they performed, while I was almost vindicated in the way that they performed, it's equally as disappointing as years past. I mean, the feelings of the game were similar. Like sometimes these messy fourth quarter eke it out wins are wins and sometimes they're losses. Skill does not determine that. Luck, the moment, a lot of other things determine that. DeAndre Swift dropping mm-hmm. the football determines that. But it was the it was the same song and dance that we've always seen. Mitch looks like trash for three quarters, then plays 12 solid minutes and, and lights it up to where the stat line kind of looks like that of a competent quarterback, but he was not throughout the game. Um, it, it had the same game-winning play as Thanksgiving of 2019 with the exact same thanks at this moment for a touchdown. Got a little go route off, like a kind of a like a little, nah, almost like a mini he, wheel route. He, he wasn't, yeah, little mini wheel route. He wasn't like the slot route there, but you know he's a little tighter yeah. into the to the to the line before he runs that route. The plays were the same. The feelings were the same, and it's just you know it, it's frustrating because this is exactly what we've been given. And it's exactly what we can expect. Nothing has changed. They haven't gotten any worse. They haven't gotten any better. The defense looked good. They didn't look great. See, here's the, the offense- thing. That was my surprise. I, 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 there was a surprise for me, and it was how the defense looked. I thought they came out and looked good. But that's good how they for- looked last year, No, no, no. Matt. I thought they came out and looked good for two or three drives, and then I thought they kind of looked like they quit a little bit. It, what, to, what to me, it seemed like they saw same old offense, same old Mitch, and said, we're not sure. doing this again for 16 for sure. more games. And that's completely and utterly deflating. They're taking a different direction here. The final game of the slate yesterday night on the East Coast. I'm watching football at 1.30 in the morning. You can't miss it. Was it was great. Um, that was awesome. The it. Titans offense couldn't produce anything because Steven Gostowski kept ruining momentum. He kept taking momentum and handing it to the opposition. And what the Bears offense has done is the same of that of Steven Gostowski. They take momentum. That maybe the little inkling of a shift that they've been given by the defense with a stop, a three and out, something, and they hand it right back to the opposition. The Bears are going to do that all season. They're going to deflate their defense. And when the Bears defense came out of the ha- came out of halftime, they looked even further deflated. They looked mm-hmm. lost on the opening drive of the half. And I even think the announcers made mention of it that they were kind of just playing with their eyes glazed over and. A point that I'm going to make that you're going to get sick of this season, not with just the Chicago Bears, but league-wide, in watching one week of NFL football with no fans in the stands or minimal fans here or there, it is going to be the team that can manufacture energy that wins the Super Bowl. Who is going to be able to create their own momentum Mm -hmm. and build on it? Because of all these different games that we watch without fans now, NBA, um, golf, uh, baseball, No sport more than football does a team directly feed off the energy of a home crowd. No sport. You can't – I don't think it's arguable that there's another sport – and maybe maybe you get into like a fourteen zero run in basketball and, yeah, the crowd's really getting after it. But I was talking about it with Shelby yesterday and she was saying like why why is it so much different in football? Because she was noticing it as well. And I I really think my knee-jerk answer to it was – no other sport are you trying to break the will of another team.
team. You're not trying to physically impose your will in mm-hmm. any other sport except football. And a lot of that comes from some sort of internal fire that you do get a lot when you're the home side. You get a lot for that fire. That, 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 that fire has to come from within, but that fan base is throwing logs on that fire throughout the game to keep your level that high. It's hard to maintain that type of energy in the NFL. I know I've gone a couple of different directions here, but I don't think the Bears are are anywhere near the team that they need to be to manufacture their own energy because they don't feed off of one another offensively and defensively to go back to the original point here. And it's just going to hurt them. That's why that's why, you know, I I know we're one we're four quarters into the season, but it's never looked more like an eight and eight football team than, than than I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's why, like, don't get me wrong, they won, and I'm a Bears fan, and when they're coming back, I'm going to root for them to win, and I want them to win. But, like, I was talking about it. I think I even tweeted at one point, tank for Trevor. Like, I I know you're not going to tank because it's the NFL, and it's almost impossible to do that. But at this point, with where they're at, with what we saw for the first three quarters, great. They can win some games, and they're going to lose some, and they're probably going to be 8-8, and 9-7. and The ultimate goal of being an NFL football team, being any, any team in any professional sport, is to win a championship. And what, we, what we've seen for the last few years is this team has one side of the ball that's capable and one side that's not, mainly because of one position. And the mm-hmm. best way to address that, you look at this offseason, you're not paying Dak $40 million if he even gets there, and then how else are you finding a quarterback? The best way to do that is to get one of the – I know, I, I, Matt, I know I, it's impossible I, to tank. but I don't want they, to stop you here. Uh, I, don't, I almost don't want them one to of these. Games. But one of these two – no, you do want them to win games this year because there is no quarterback market for the Chicago Bears in the year between the 2020 and 2021 season. There just isn't. There just isn't beyond this season. One of these two guys is our quarterback next year, whether it's Mitch on a franchise tag in the room with Nick Foles again or whether it's Nick Foles. There's no money to allocate to another – Plus, I'm talking about a draft pick. Yeah, but it's still a, a rookie draft pick if you're going to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. It's still gonna hit you. I mean, what what is what's that slot worth? I mean, it's, it's, what, what's it's Mitch, Mitch, is, Mitch is getting nine, so I'm it's it, it's got to grown since then, but I don't think it's grown a ton. I want to say it's like four thirteen or fourteen, something like that. So with Mitch off the books and Trevor Lawrence on the books, hypothetically, it it'd would, be like adding it's, it's four just, million. It, it's just, it's just not happening, Matt. It, it's just that's just I know, not and that's what I that's what makes me like I, that's what that's my like inner conundrum. But my question going, to you, go ahead. While, while you go through this kind of internal oh, existential of existential crisis here with the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, several. What did you expect? That's my question here. Is what did you expect when Mitch Trubisky was named starter? Because you know what I expected. Exactly what we saw on Sunday. Wild inaccuracy, poor decision-making, and sparks of wow. That is who Mitch Trubisky has been through four seasons. That's who he is. Honestly, gonna, I didn't. We're not going to learn anything new in year five about Mitch Trubisky, or about, in year four about Mitch Trubisky here. I like, think if you would have told this me is his, who he is. If you would have told me his stat line before the game, I would have told you that's what I expected, but I'm not sure I expected the... Uh, the extreme lows and highs that we saw during that game. I, oh, I think that, that's Mitch is always like, he's always a little bit of a roller coaster, but like those first three quarters were about as bad as we've ever seen Mitch Trubisky in that fourth. No, because it, it's not, it's not. And I will I stand up. For, it's, I will stand up for Mitch Trubisky there. Go back through the tape. I'm sure you could find a three quarter. Yeah, there were, there were some Trubisky drops and there were some awful because things. there were drops. 
There were a couple instances where Bears fans immediately want to jump on him for trying to make a tough throw when there's an easy throw open. The beautiful catch by Allen Robinson. Everyone was pining about, oh, Jimmy Graham's wide open in the flat. Oh, I okay. didn't say that. that was a great throw, Mitch, Allen Robinson. Mitch took catch. a shot. Mitch took a shot to his main target in his offensive arsenal. I'm never going to have never a really gonna, with that. We've talked about that to no end on this podcast. I, I'm never really going to fault that. If you throw Allen your number Robinson, one guy, give him a chance. But in that same breath, Allen Robinson dropped a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone in, in which Mitch evaded a rush, got outside of the pocket very skillfully, and delivered a ball downhill on a line which hit Allen Robinson in the hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one that Allen Robinson dropped that Mitch will bear the brunt for. And then Allen Robinson's on Twitter uh, 12 hours later talking about how neither was a drop. Dude, get in the film room and get better. Your offense was anemic. Figure out how to get open for your quarterback and hope that he can hit you because you weren't open and he still hit you in the corner of the end zone and you dropped the damn football. This team has, not to go too big picture here, but okay. go ahead. Where, is, where is the leadership on this team? Because if they're segmented down the middle, offense and defense, which a lot of teams are, we've mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast before, who is the offensive leader? Who's going to be the voice that says, shut up, Alan, get in, the, get in the huddle, let's run it back and let's score some points. There's no offensive leadership and there's mental weakness that's led by the play calling of Matt Nagy. Defensive, say what you want about the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball is forever going to be playing catch-up to their counterpart in in the defense and they're going to be playing catch-up on the scoreboard more often than not because there's no, there's no one to set the course for the Chicago Bears offense. It's not the play caller. It's not the quarterback. Maybe it's the backup quarterback. It's not the young running back. It's not the wide receiver who's complaining on Twitter about uh, passes not being dropped passes. Who is it? Is it Cole Komet? Is it the 21-year-old tight end who maybe saw three plays? Is it Jimmy Graham's old ass? Quite honestly, who, it has to be Jimmy Graham, and course. it probably has to be Cody Whitehair. Those are probably— Jimmy Graham's I, it's too worried about Jimmy flying Graham his airplanes. Guy. Cody Whitehair, oh, I could believe not, it. But Jimmy, who Jimmy wants, Graham played fine. Let's not—we don't need to get— No, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham exceeded my expectations, but I'm saying, who's going to set the course for this offense? Who are they going to believe in? Who are they going to get behind? Mitch isn't that leader. Nagy's not that leader. They're I will forever. say, I, I want to I wanna take, so you're talking about Matt Nagy, and I was originally. Play calling wasn't as bad as we've seen I, before. That, that's what I did want to say. It wasn't great, but I, I'll give him some credit. I, Grant, I think some a few more carries should have gone to David Montgomery, but mm-hmm. I thought they com- were, were showing a commitment to run the football. I think the run pass was like 30, 36 to 29 in terms of pass. To, it was 36 passes, 29 runs, but. When you're down 17 in the fourth quarter, you're obviously going to throw more. I thought the offensive line was a very pleasant surprise. I thought for the most part they kept a relatively clean pocket. I think Mitch got sacked only once. And for the most part, they were able to run the football however they wanted to, which I think Montgomery had 64 yards on 13 carries, which is pretty solid. Just a, um, another but, keep another illustration of that commitment to the run. I'm looking at a stat here. Uh, Bears went 12 or 13 package, so two or three tight ends, uh, 23 snaps good. in the game. So. Good. I completely agree. And that's not to say, you know, you're putting your hand in the dirt and run an ISO 23 times. I mean, no, last not at all. Year, you can move your tight ends year, the around. Francisco, you can have them in the San Francisco yeah. 49ers lined up in 12 or 13 with an H back, even sometimes overloaded, heavy to one side, more than anyone in the league. And you see where it got them. You can still be creative and inventive through those sets, especially when you have a couple tight ends who are not only pass blockers, or excuse me, or not only run blockers, but threats in the passing game. Now, I'm not saying Jimmy Graham, anyone's accusing him of being, uh, you know, a tight end reincarnate, but 
you do have those options. Mm-hmm. Is my point. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Totally fine. I, 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 that's a, I, that was a stat I remembered seeing. I think they ran thirteen more, thirteen package more against Detroit than they had like all of last season, which doesn't yeah. actually surprise me. Um, but another reason why I kind of want to see Nick Foles is because we, we we've talked about how you know we need to do let Mitch do what Mitch does well, and that's kind of rolling out of the pocket and resetting and all that. But you you can't do that every play. At some mm-hmm. point, if the Bears are going to do what everybody wants them in Chicago to do and win 10 games and win a division, whatever, you're going to have to just run a normal NFL offense. You're going to have to be able to drop back. You're going to have to be able to throw the football. You're going to be able to not have happy feet in the pocket and run an offense. And Mitch just can't do that. He just can't. He can't be a drop-back quarterback. And at some point, you're going to need that if you're going to do anything of substance. So just let Nick Foles give him a chance to see if he can run Matt Nagy's offense because we know Mitch can't really do it. But the thing is here, you've, you've dug your grave with Mitch Trubisky. In, in naming him the starter, I know maybe you're protecting his ego a little bit, but when you go to Nick Foles, you're completely jumping ship on Mitch Trubisky. You cannot go back when it's not working with Nick Foles. And if Nick Foles, and if Nick Foles gets dinged up or gets seriously injured and Mitch has to come back in, then that's a Mitch Trubisky that's once again mentally compromised because someone took his job from him one week into the football season. I do understand that. You have to give Mitch a third of the season here, barring some sort of catastrophe um, from from a play standpoint, not from an injury standpoint. You have to give him a quarter of a season to try and find a little momentum with this offense. That's you committed all, to him as your starter. That's all well and good. And yes, they did commit to him as a starter. But these guys, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, they're not a first or second year. They are their third year group. They're not a first year group that's coming in here and still trying to you know find their bearings and all that. They're two guys that are essentially coaching and general managing for their jobs. And, and I get the whole thinking behind, well, you can't do this because of what if he hurts. You need to do what gives you the best chance to win a football game every Sunday. There's, for me, I'm done with the whole, well, and I was, was on board with giving Mitch the starting job for the reason of protecting his ego and he can't go back. But after what we saw on Sunday, I know he had one great, great quarter once Detroit had to put in their backup corners and switch from zone to man. Mitch was fantastic. You need to go with the guy that gives you the best chance to win. And you can't tell me what you saw from Mitch Trubisky in those first three quarters. Maybe it's good enough against the Giants. You can't tell me that guy's beating the Packers. You can't tell me that guy's beating the Vikings. We don't know if Nick Foles can, but we do. But, that, we, but that's what. But that's what naming a starting quarterback's about. Is you're saying then you own up this to your guy. Mistake. We believe this guy. No, the mistakes are much larger well, then, and okay, deeper I, I, okay, seated yes, I, I'm here. aware that. But the long, my point. No, no, no. My point, Matt, make own up to your is, mistake now. My, but they're not realizing it as a mistake, and it might not be because what you're saying when you name Mitch Trubisky your starting quarterback is he was better than Nick Foles was in proving us his grasp of this offense. And that I don't doubt a, that. That has practice. to be a part, part of the, but that has to be a part of this decision as well. So now again, you've, you've made your bed. You have to lay in it. You can't take this job from Mitch Trubisky until he gives it away. Fourth quarter saved this job. Now, if the fourth quarter would have looked like his first three quarters, I'd be sitting here saying the okay, same so you thing as you. You said you have to give him a third of the season, but if we see those first three quarters, Mitch against the giants again, that that's you can't keep rolling with that. I, I think that he deserves a little bit more leash than three quarters of football. Is all I'm saying. I, I'm not disagreeing with you that if he comes out, this is wild. By this, the way, usually we're on the exact opposite sides of this argument. 
yeah, the but this isn't about Mitch, but, but but take take Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, the names out of this, and just talk about quarterback A and quarterback B. If quarterback A beat out quarterback B in camp, and you give quarterback A the ball in the first game, and he doesn't look great, but gets your team a win. Quarterback A starts game two. I know Mitch has to start game two. All I'm saying is there shouldn't be I, – I don't want a hesitation to make the switch if you have to. This is the problem. This is, this is what management has done by bringing in Nick Foles and not having a clear-cut starter. This is what, what, the, this is what the conversation will be for 16 weeks is who should start, who gives us a better chance. Breaking news. They both – are below average. I know we haven't seen Nick Foles in a Bears uniform yet, but he's no spring chicken, okay? We know who Nick Foles is. We know who Mitch Trubisky is. Neither is very good. This will be the conversation we have for 16 weeks, and it's always going to be the guy on the bench that Bears want in that the Bears fans want in the game. Because the guy on the field is never going to be all that good, Matt. And that's fair, but I want to I want Nick Foles to prove that to me. I want to be proven that. And I, I know that for the most you'll get, part, you'll get your chance. I mean, there's no I doubt you'll get your chance. I, I just, I would just say, that. I would just say, hold off for a second here because you have to commit to a quarterback if you want to have any chance of winning football games. Because that, I think Sunday was the pure illustration of that. Matt Nagy could have taken Mitch Trubisky out at halftime. How bad he was playing could have taken him out in the third quarter the way they came out of the gates. Stuck with him. You have to stick with it. In the early going of the season here. You named him your starter. He's your starter. We cannot be playing split squad football. I I get where you're coming from. I'm just not fully in agreement with it. That's all. At some point, you need to, I just on a week-to-week basis, do what gives your team the best chance to win. Put the guy out there that gives you your best yeah, chance but that's, to win. But, but, and but I know, choosing, I know choosing it's a, a starting quarterback, choosing, it's not an optic. Choosing a starting quarterback on a week-to-week basis will cripple your team. From a mental standpoint, who do we believe in? Again, who do we get behind? Who are we lining up with? Who's taking a knee in the huddle and imparting confidence into this offensive group? And who is the defense going to look at from the sideline and say, that guy can at least put up 20 points for us if we can, we, and we can hold the team to 19 and go win a football game? You can't reset that every single week. You need to commit to a quarterback. And right now, they're committed to Mitch Trubisky. And as I said, you're going to see Nick Foles because Mitch isn't all that good. And when Nick Foles comes in, you're going to realize Nick Foles isn't all that good. So who cares who the quarterback is? That's where that's going to be the trajectory of this thing. I've just, I've seen Nick Foles' ceiling. I've seen his accuracy. I've seen his grasp of this offense. And I just, I want to, I'd like to see him get that's a chance why I wanted, to run. That's why I wanted him to be named starter, man. That's fair. That's why, I wanted, that's why I wanted him to be the starting quarterback. But my point is, and I'm not, it's clear at this point, you cannot go week to week. You cannot change your quarterback every single week. You cannot flip-flop back and forth. Neither guy's going to build any sort of confidence in themselves, nor will any confidence be built in them from their teammates. It's just, it's just not a winning formula for football. It's just not. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating. Uh, give me it. one. Give me one positive thing. Who's a guy that you really um, who, who jumped off the screen at you that you liked this week from uh, from the Bears? Well, I already mentioned the offensive line. Um, yeah, I they, all, they, they were. I thought they, they deserve were, game. They balls. were fantastic, um, and I think that we talked about it a lot last year. They, they underachieved. Part of that's because I don't think they were allowed to get into a rhythm by their head coach. And when you when you come out and you know, show some willingness to 
start, you know, commit to the run, I think that goes a long way in helping your offense line on both sides of the ball. But I will say Anthony Miller, to me, really jumped yeah. off the screen. He was very noticeable. Sure. Again, he made some really nice catches. I think his route running is getting better every year. And there weren't any really of those mental lapses that we saw at times last year, especially, especially early on. And I think you're starting to see why they traded up for him, and you might have something pretty special there. Yeah. And again, just as there was a concerted effort to establish a run, it was a concerted effort to get Anthony Miller the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were even there was a couple of miscommunications there. Uh, I think second quarter there might have been a route that he was supposed to break to the corner of the end zone. Mitch threw it upfield, and it, but he gives them a legitimate second option, second weapon to Allen Robinson. It's not just Allen Robinson anymore. They have a, a trusted number two that they can go to. How about a guy that um, you were looking to to find something in week two beyond the quarterback position who kind of disappointed because for me the My, linebacker play wasn't great yeah. Danny Trevathan needs to be way better I was going to say Khalil Mack I, I, I know yeah. there's I'm, I'm aware that he gets a lot more attention but I, I'm I'm done believing in that buying into that narrative fully because you can't tell me Joey Bosa doesn't get double teamed Nick Bosa doesn't get double teamed Demarcus Lawrence yeah. Cam Jordan don't get double teamed everybody gets double teamed when you this saw Aaron is, Donald lift Zeke yeah, up in the air like, and throw him at the quarterback I, I I know he's getting a lot of attention, and probably more so with with Robert Quinn not playing last uh, last week. But and what's that got, about? Where, where did that come from? I, I, no, that, had I he, not been? No, he'd been held out of practice the last. Uh, I want to say the last week or so. So okay. he was very much up in the air to play. That wasn't something that just popped up out of nowhere. Um, but he's Khalil Mack has to be better. There, there, there's yeah. no doubt about it. He wasn't bad, obviously, because even Khalil Mack's like half ass is still pretty darn good for the NFL, but. He has not been a game changer in over a year, and he needs to start being a game changer again. Yeah, and good luck slowing down uh, a Packers team or a Vikings team that just scored 35-plus each against yeah. one another. There was um, no pass rush, and that starts and ends with Khalil Mack. Yeah. Um, all right, I, I don't know. I've kind of got the points out here that I wanted to make on the you, Bears. What, what do you got? Jalen Johnson. I thought he had, yeah. I know he got run over on that one by Marvin, by one attempt attack by Marvin Jones Jr. Unfortunately, sometimes with corners, that's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought for the most part, he was noticeable in a good way in coverage. He wasn't really thrown at very often because I think he did a good job um, blanketing his guys. And I, I was very pleasantly surprised with what we saw because I think second corner was one of the biggest question marks we had going into the season. Kyle Fuller, obviously, you know what you're getting from him. He's an all-pro. Um, but Jalen Johnson, I thought, passed the test week one against pretty decent uh, Lions wide receiver core. Granted, Kenny Galladay wasn't playing. First in the NFC North, Chicago Bears uh, 1-0 on the season, uh, tied with Green Bay atop the division That's here through something. one week. Got the Giants uh, on... Next Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, followed by the Falcons, the Colts, the Bucks, the Panthers. Not necessarily murderer's row coming up here. Uh, Falcons did look good offensively, but um, their defense you can expect from them. Buccaneers, I expect to have figured out by week five. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to be a tough, the toughest matchup in the Colts early going. Colts were uh, woof. Colts were very woof. Uh, yeah. But if you can't handle the Giants next week, if you're playing a, another uh, slosh it out game with the Giants next week, I think you can expect. Um, a couple drubbings at the hands of actual top-tier talent in yes. the NFL. So uh, we'll see what the Bears can do uh, from week one to week two, what they can uh, clean up, what needs to change, whether that be the quarterback or uh, or anything else on this roster. But uh, going to need more if you want to contend. They are 1-0, most importantly. They don't ask how, just how many. Just 1-0.
let's uh, whip it around the NFL here for what we saw. I, I know you get a little, little, little Colts preview there, but got to break down what we saw in the NFL. So if you want to hit the music for us. Oh, yeah, I've been, cool. waiting, been waiting all year for that. <laughs> all right, uh, pick things up on Thursday night. Texans and Chiefs. Uh, score does not tell the story of this one. Dominant performance from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who go 1-0, uh, taking down the Texans. Uh, big takeaway for me here was Texans are not going to be very good this year. The loss of DeAndre Hopkins cannot be overstated. That offense, Deshaun Watson, were looking for an answer that just didn't exist on their roster. They have uh, Will Fuller, and that's about it. Big that loss is- in a big way. Uh, we know how good DeAndre Hopkins was, but I think people were relying on um, Deshaun Watson to kind of lift this team up in his absence. I mean, you watch you watch De- Nuke go off for 14 receptions or 15 receptions with Arizona or whatever it was, and you watch an offense in the Texans struggle to score points until the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it's going to be a long season for them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they got Will Fuller, and that's about it. And I love Will Fuller. I, I love him since he was at Notre Dame, all that. But he's good for about nine, ten games a year. There's going to be six or seven where he's not playing. And when he's out, you're really, really looking for weapons. On the other side, Chiefs are as good as we thought, except now they have a game-breaking running back as well. Clyde so that's going to that, make the offense. Yeah. Confirmed he was good. really good. Confirmed good. Um, and a couple of spell down backs too behind him playing mm-hmm. really well. So the favorites win the Super Bowl. They will remain as such as long as their quarterback is healthy. Uh, Chiefs going to be tough to beat this season, no doubt. Uh, moving things on to our Sunday slate here, Bears and Lions. We know what happened there. Bear down. Uh, Seahawks and Falcons. Seahawks drubbed the Falcons 38-25. to Garbage time, Matt Ryan gets some points for my fantasy team. That was my takeaway. I, I, I saw you tweet that, and usually I yell at you for <laughs> tweeting about fantasy football. But I really think anyone who's ever played fantasy football has had at some point Matt Ryan on one of their I've teams. I've had Matt Ryan I feel like at every, least on, on at least one team. Everybody has for Matt Ryan the last every eight, year, for, I feel For the last like. eight seasons. Yeah, the last <laughs> you season. always benefit from yeah. those garbage time Matt Ryan runs. Um, so that was one of the more identifiable, identifiable things I think you've ever tweeted. Um, other side of the football, I'm gonna, I don't know if this is even a bold prediction, but Russell Wilson's going to win the NFL MVP this year. I think he's, he's that going good. to have to because the supporting cast is not great. Yes, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, great targets. DK Metcalf is very good at running straight. Well, he might have to play quarterback because Russell Wilson was running for his life for a large portion of this game. That offensive line did not look Super Bowl caliber. Obviously, it's week mm-hmm. one. Things to clean up. You have all of the star power and decision-making in your quarterback room at your disposal. Uh Gonna be tough to keep Russell Wilson healthy if he's running for his life. Yeah, That's but man, thirty-one, thirty-five. Like I just, I would. You, when was the last time a Bears quarterback was thirty-one of thirty-five? Honestly, it's um, never probably. Let's move game, on before I get sad. Jets and Bills. Nobody circles the wagons. Twenty-seven, seventeen. Buffalo uh, didn't see much of this one other than what was played on red zone. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen had a big day, but missed a couple wide receivers in big moments of the football game where they could have put it away a little earlier. Uh, not to knock him, gets the job done, but that's a that's a friendly handshake of a starter uh, against the against the lowly Jets. Yeah, when do we start? Like, when does the name the, the bust word start coming up with Sam Darnold? Like that. that I know he it's doesn't just not, have a It's just not fair. It's just not fair. He's a good football player. He's better than any quarterback the Bears have on their roster. I I, I strongly believe that. I don't necessarily doubt it, but at some point he's got to start producing on the field. He's just not doing it. But they've put nothing around him. They, and, and I understand. It's it's a total shame. And the, uh, the distilled version of that is Josh Rosen currently being on a, uh, a practice squad with the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers. 
you, it's all about situation. We talked about it. it with quarterbacks, it's all about the situation you are adopting. I mean, you could you could allude to Joe Burrow coming into a, a really, really bad Cincinnati team and looking okay in week one, but there's still A.J. Green there. You know, there's mm-hmm. still Joe Mixon there. There's still pieces there. Who are the pieces? You have an yeah, unwilling got- you have an unwilling running back in Le'Veon Bell who's likely to miss a few weeks here. You have Jamison Crowder, who's a, who's Jameson a legit Crowder, target, but that's who's a legit about number it. two, yeah, three he's not a number, other places. He's a two. Just, I'll give him. He, he's he is a legit number two, but he's not a number one. I find it hard to be hard on quarterbacks in that scenario. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's hard to call him a bust because I think that's the situation why I to, I, I, I think is busting more than he is. That's fair. That's a fair point. But it's uh, he's just we uh, we talked when he was coming out about how you know he's the next lock sure thing and he just he hasn't quite been that yet. We still you still I feel like with those quarterbacks see the flashes at points. And granted, yeah. I don't watch every down of Jets football, but I feel like I haven't really seen the flashes from Sam Sam Darnold. Uh, Packers and Vikings pack one to win a high-scoring affair, 43-34. to 34. Hope you had the over. Aaron Rodgers lights it up, 364 yards, four touchdowns through the air. He's got his favorite target back in tow, 14 receptions for Devontae Adams. That hookup looked true. They look like a great football team, as do the Vikings. I mean, neither of these defense obviously stood up and, and made any sort of statement in week one, but the offenses were scary. Aaron looks to have a chip on his shoulder. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. He, looks to be revitalized in many ways. Matt, he I missed the memo like that talk. he was over the hill. I know you don't like when I talk fantasy here, but uh, I okay. did so- sell my soul to the devil this year. You, um, you drafted Aaron. Well, Family League, we have an offensive player, so a super flex. you got to have a second quarterback as your quarterback mm-hmm. in a super flex if you want any chance. Matt Ryan, starting quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, offensive player. And when it came around to me, you know, Devontae Adams was sitting there in one of the mid rounds, and uh, or you can. Third, I, don't, I don't care if you. I took Devon, I actually took, I took Devontae Adams before Rodgers. Rodgers was sitting there late. Um, I had the Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers hookup, kind of hedging my happiness a little bit here. Sold my soul to the devil, and business is booming. That's I'm all going, I want to say. I, I'm going to say something that's going to make me feel dirty, but Devontae Adams really needs to get more credit as being one of the top five, you know, maybe even three wide receivers in the NFL. He continue. I know he has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, but Aaron Rodgers has no one else to throw to, so teams kind of just cue on Devontae Adams, and he still continues to burn people. On the other side, uh, the Vikings are going to need to find someone other than Adam Thielen to, you know, throw to. They they missed Stephon Diggs. I, I know they drafted Justin Jefferson. Um, but they need to find that second outlet because I, I, Adam Thielen isn't Devontae Adams good. He's not going to be able to produce at that level without No, and some help. For, for the production of Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, I am on a down-by-down basis worried about his durability. Yeah, that's just, also just, fair. Yeah. He, he's missed some time. Yeah, he's missed some time, and the stature is slight uh, mm-hmm. if you look at him in respect to some of these other guys. Dolphins and Patriots. Uh, Patriots. Patriots 1-0. The Finns... Uh, Tanking for someone, uh, twenty-one and uh, twenty-one to eleven. Excuse me, uh, Cam Newton breaks most of the single-game rushing records for a quarterback in Patriots history in his first game really? as a Patriot. Seventy-five uh, yeah. yards. That was the, I believe, the single-game high for uh, for a Patriot quarterback. I mean, think about some of the quarterbacks. Yeah, at least in fair enough. History. Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Cam looked good. Cam looked like. They really didn't. It looked a lot like the Carolina offense. A lot of power offense with Cam getting lead blockers, which I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, this this is a guy who you're questioning his yeah. durability. I don't know if that's how you want to go about it. Uh, Scott Pioli, one of our analysts here, well 
well entrenched uh, longtime decision maker for the yeah, Patriots. Former Patriot. Made right. made a great point uh, about this offense and this franchise and the Patriots that they are a week to week franchise. And from a game plan standpoint on both sides of the ball, they are going to employ whatever game plan they need to that week to beat that team. So don't expect Cam maybe to run this way or to be Mm -hmm. rolled out this way uh, against other teams, because if that's not what's called for, it's not what they're going to do. I I think that that was what was called for or what they thought was called for against this Dolphins team. Let Cam do what he does best. Let him get comfortable in that role. Take a couple licks. Be confident in his durability through one game. And it comes out with the W, most importantly. Yeah, I think that, that was a good point. I think getting Cam kind of conf- back, not that he was ever not confident in his running ability, but kind of getting him back out there and he, having him show it on the ground in week one was probably good for everybody. That said, I, I think the, the point you made, or Scott Peeling might have made, was a good one. You, you can't do this every week with Cam Newton and yep. expect him to play all 16 games. You just can't. You can't do it with any quarterback. Um, so I the week-to-week game plan thing is probably something they're going to do because I don't think 15 carries for Cam in pretty much a power-running you know, set that they did, did have so many design QB runs. I'm not sure that's going to work, but uh, it did against Miami. They look good. Uh, Miami, not so much. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not as great. I'm, I'm wondering when you're going to start hearing calls for Tua there, um, but it's a good win, for the, good win for the Patriots, and they look like they're going to be uh, a team in that division, that, that conference again. Worst loss of week one award goes to the oh, Philadelphia God. Eagles, who uh, got tagged by the Washington football team, uh, 27-17. to 17. Washington knocks off the Eagles, who plenty had as the favorite in the division. Uh, Eagles didn't look great. Carson Wentz is another guy who you could clamor about, hey, what's going on with this guy? Um, uh, honestly, didn't see much of it, but all you need to see is the box score to realize that the Eagles were held scoreless in the second half, and that's just not going to get it done, especially uh, when you're playing against a, a division the way they are that's wide open. And if you're going to play this way against the Washington football team, you're going to have a lot of problems moving forward. Yeah, I think what we saw here was the NFC East might be even more mediocre bad. than we kind just of thought bad. it was. Okay, you, you said bad. I was trying to be <laughs> nicer. I'm also I, I'm on your end. I kind of saw the I saw what Red Zone showed us, but for the most mm-hmm. part, I pretty much only saw the first half when the Eagles were, were going up big, seventeen nothing. Um, I'm looking at like Dwayne Haskins stat line, and I know stat lines don't always tell the story. I'm having a hard time seeing how they came back from this. Um, he was only seventeen at thirty-one, under two hundred yards, and, and it, I, I guess went through two interceptions, but. Good for Washington. Good for Ron Rivera. Obviously, we we love him in Chicago and we, what he's going through. That's a, that's an awesome win. That's a, a hell of a job for the that team. Him. So good for Washington. Um, but this division even more mediocre than we thought. Yeah, all due respect to Riverboat Ron, who is, you know, getting treatment, getting IVs at halftime. Got an IV at know, halftime. That was insane. As he battles cancer and and is still out there coaching a football team. It's uh, remarkable. And um, you know sending our support that way as well uh Mm -hmm. keeping things moving here raiders and panthers raiders move to 1-0 34 to 30 over the panthers uh this was my lock of the week the under here i believe at 54 and a half 56 and a half uh the thing i failed to mention here you got the under 54 and a half was that what that was what was was 48 no that's where it was was it was at 48 on sunday Oh, okay. Either way, you didn't hit. When we played it. Yeah, it didn't hit. 64 total points between these two. What I failed to realize here, two bad football teams, 
but predominantly too bad defenses. Yeah. I mean, all, these offenses. The offenses are very average. Like they're not bad offenses. I mean, this thing, good. this thing had eyes for the over three minutes into the game. Yeah. So, uh, so fade Musso season is in full effect here. I uh, did have a nice weekend though. Did have a nice weekend. Got got to got to pat myself on the back here. Uh, did have a pretty solid weekend. The Bears aside, bailed me out, thankfully. Aside from my lock of the week, uh, Christian McCaffrey is still really good at football. Mm-hmm. Can't other confirm. Than that, you know, these two football teams are going to be bottom half teams. Panthers could be the worst team in the league. We'll see. Raiders didn't look all that great. Uh, Nelson Aguilar becomes the hero, hauling in a late touchdown pass of all mm-hmm. people um, for, uh, for the Raiders. But in terms of the new pieces, the fun pieces, um, Henry Ruggs did look like he, he could be a serious threat if employed the right way. Um, Josh Jacobs looked great, three touchdowns. I think like he was sub 100 yards, but you know they were giving it to him in the red zone, and he was getting the ball to pay dirt. So um, again, two teams that I don't know how much attention will be paid to them this season, and with reason. Seemed like Derek Carr played fine, so that's I mean good good for him because he's also a guy probably playing for his Vegas livelihood and probably his next job because with Mariota there, he's probably not quite on a week-to-week basis, but he's got that threat lurking. But yeah, I mean, you have two very, you have one bad team, one very below average to average team, and we forgot the defenses were bad. Quarterbacks beware. Matt Rooney is trying to take your position. Matt Rooney is trying to put your back up in. Doesn't okay, matter no, where I'm you're not, at, I'm not, who you okay, are. Okay, John Gruden. Pat Mahomes, John Gruden who's Pat Mahomes' backup? Uh, Matt uh, Matt Moore still? Matt Moore. Matt, hey, he almost won a playoff game once. Get him in the game. Um, I, I lost my tag. Hey, you hate Matt. Derek Carr as much as anybody. No, I don't hate him. I just think it's another we are who we thought that we, they are yes. who we thought they were situation. But that's we know, we know who Derek Carr is. We've, you know who Derek Carr is? Derek Carr's Mitch Trubisky. I think he's a little better. Derek Carr's You've Mitch seen him more than I do. I think he's a little better. Okay. But he's in that pool of guys who can confirm will never win you a Super Bowl. Okay, that's, that's there's there's quarterbacks who can and there's quarterbacks who won't. Speaking and of quarterbacks he, he's that in the can, is Gardner Minshew one of them? That's a transition. No. That was pretty good. Uh, no, that's Jaguars win here. 27 to 20. Colts look terrible. Uh, Minshew madness. I, I, I don't know. Good, Again, not, good, not good sure what to Gardner. make of this one. Two eh yes. teams in an eh game. I was uh, disappointed by the Jags Colts. Win. I thought the Colts were going to be more than an eh team. I think I For had sure. them to win that division. For sure. I think I think they're a well-coached team. They brought in Phillip Rivers. And, you know, after luck left, quarterback was kind of their big question mark. You you have a lead against the Jaguars in week one, a team that's actively trying to not win football games, still can't close them out. That's a really, really, really bad loss for Indianapolis. Yes, but in looking at this breakdown here, of the teams that are 0-1, um, the teams that I'm least worried about, I'd say are the Falcons, Ooh, I disagree. the Colts, and the Buccaneers. Or 49ers, you got to throw on that list too. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, I guess too. I guess there's a lot of point being there's a lot of teams that are 0 1 right now that aren't that, that the sky is not falling. Just True, yet. but that's I don't, a I don't bad think one. the sky. It's a bad one. All those teams you all those, all those teams you named lost to you know pretty formidable formidable opponents in Week One. Not the odds-on favorite to number one overall pick. Yeah. Uh, Ravens and Browns. Ravens still good. Browns still bad. Ravens Speaking of teams who can get the number six. one overall pick. The Cleveland uh, Lamar Jackson just kind of looking like he never left MVP form here early on. It is the Browns, but um, again, seems to be a place where losing just is the way of the mm-hmm. land. Um, 
Not, no pun intended there with the land. Thank you. Thank I you. get it. That was uh, good. That was impressive. Not sure what to make of uh, of Marquise Brown in that performance. Again, sort of slight, sort of one-dimensional as a wide receiver, but looked great. Uh, 100 yards plus receiving. Uh, he's, he's Lamar's favorite target outside of Mark Andrews, so that's really my only doubt there. But they are a run-first team. And J.K. Dobbins, I don't know if he's just a red zone threat, but he took away from Mark Ingram. And that two-headed monster is a serious one. Mm-hmm. You know, going to be hard to argue with this team as a favorite moving forward. Yeah, I think we were both talking about how, wondering how they were going to respond to that pretty bad playoff loss to Tampa, or not Tampa, Tennessee. And they looked like they were, were way, way beyond it. So good for them. That was a pretty dominant win. Back-to-back years, they've just pretty much went out and blown out their week one opponent. Yep. Uh, Cincinnati, Los Angeles. Bengals uh, lose in Joe Burrow's NFL debut, 16-13. Chargers go on to win this one. Uh, tough call late that kind of led to uh, that led to a yeah, left Yeah, I didn't know about that one. For the Chargers. Couple questionable ones that may have decided games there. Uh, also, L.A. versus Dallas, the pass interference call. Jalen Ramsey selling it like a, like a used car salesman. But um, honestly officiating outside of those two calls and, I, and I'm sure those fan bases are still up in arms and a little mm-hmm. heated about it but um, nothing to report uh, from a from a truly groundbreaking standpoint on the officiating side I thought it was okay uh, a, a, as a whole obviously tough game to officiate things are happening fast but um, wasn't um, you know wasn't uh, taken back by any terrible calls this would be one that you'd highlight but Bengals Chargers what are we what are we missing here it's good for uh, what, Joe Burrow I, I that yeah. was I watched the game with potential game trying winning drive and I was very impressed with him on that drive that's all of the game I saw I didn't see any uh, other plays other than that one or those that that series but that was an impressive drive for a rookie that really like we've talked about doesn't have a whole bunch around him um, in, in not the greatest franchise or situation, so good for him. Um, and if that's if that's what we're going to get going forward, I think Joe Burrow's going to have a pretty good NFL career. All right, we're going to rapid fire these last few here: Buccaneers and Saints. Saints win thirty-four to twenty-three, uh, really establishing some divisional dominance there. Uh, terrific, Tom. Tom, terrific with a, uh, a late pick six that kind of sealed the deal there. Looked rusty. Um, looked like. Maybe the offense is not fully grasped just yet. Mm-hmm. Not not for Tom, but for his pieces. I think they're trying to do some things differently. There were some miscommunications with him and Mike Evans. Uh, not really a concerted effort to get Gronk the ball all that often. Brady seems to be um, in a in a early on love affair with uh, Jordan Howard. It's the most I think we've ever seen Jordan Howard OJ uh, exploited Howard. in an. Oh, excuse me, thank you. OJ Howard uh, exploited in an offense, or at least targeted in an offense, but. Yeah, they looked. Um, they looked like they're the pieces are there. They looked like they're gonna be good. They didn't look like they were week one ready just yet to me. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's Continuity. what a lot. Of, that's what a lot I think of, won that, this football game. That's that's what a lot of people thought we were gonna see in week one. The Saints are who we thought they were, and the Buccaneers. I think a lot of people thought have a really tough week one matchup, and they were gonna struggle a little bit. And that's kind of what happened. I, I'm excited to see these two play again down the road in Tampa. For sure, uh, Cardinals and 49ers. Uh, I'd like to Kyler. I'd like to get out, like to get out in front. Kyler, of my my position that Kyler Murray would never lead a team to seven or more wins uh, as a starting quarterback. It, it is threatened here in the early going here as the <laughs> Cardinals uh, take down the 49ers. Very big of you to admit 20. that. I will say that it was a fantastic game by, by Kyler Murray. It was a fantastic game plan getting DeAndre Hopkins the ball whenever possible. 
Uh, I think that's what he's being called here. That's your first read. He's also your As third it, read. It should be. So, hey, <laughs> like, look for him, Andre, get off him, get then, back to him. Then look elsewhere yeah. and then look back to DeAndre. No, I, I will, uh, you know, I'll eat crow here happily because Kyler Murray looked fantastic in, in the opener. I will say, though, the football still looks too big for him. Like, he looks like Pablo Sanchez. Like, he looks like the well, yeah, player I mean, on the he's field. Small. Who, like, We've all known the, that. The equipment looks too big for us still. And it still worries me. It's still, like, I, I get it. He's really good. He can evade the rush. He can create plays off script or off schedule, as they say. We'll see. We'll see. Is he a, can, he, can he get a team to 500? Yes. I, I, I'll eat crow on that. I don't know. I don't know. I keep moving the goalposts here on what Kyler Murray can do. Of course, do you that sounds about right. What Kyler Murray can do in this league, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will I will sit back and I will watch and enjoy as he does progress and, and prove me wrong week after week. But I guess this is a scenario, I guess I'm saying I, I'm looking forward to be wrong because it is fun to watch him do what he's doing. He's very good. Yeah, you touched on it too. DeAndre Hopkins, very good. And I think this confirmed what we talked about in the preview show, that this is the best division in football. And it's going to be a dogfight till the finish. And also right now, I think it is, uh, not to qualify my statements here, but it is the best time in NFL history for not just dual threat quarterbacks, but for uh, rushing threat quarterbacks. Like a guy who's going to carry the ball 10 times. Mm -hmm. For a Kyler Murray, for a Lamar Jackson, for a Cam Newton. I think with the way the rules are set up and um, just the general effectiveness of running the football, where we're at in this cycle of run pass that we constantly rotate in. Like two years ago, three years ago, everyone was looking at Pat Mahomes and everyone was thinking you got to throw the ball 40 times a game to win. It's just not the case. Like you can run the ball. You can do things a little bit differently. It doesn't have to be ISO football. It doesn't have to be power football. And I think right now it's cyclically coming back to like run the football however the heck you can, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's with your quarterback giving you another weapon in that vein or not. Um, I think that these rushing quarterbacks, if they can can stay healthy, uh, we've seen how effective they can be. Now get them to the playoffs and see what they can do in that respect um, because, you know, the gold standard in Lamar Jackson last year, you know, that well ran dry late in the season. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. But um, I think right now it's a great time to be a rushing quarterback in the NFL. Sunday night game? Uh, Sunday night game was Cowboys and Rams. The Cowboys had plenty of opportunities to win that football game, but the Rams hang on to win it. Uh, Malcolm Brown looked like a feature back uh, in L.A. Um, They got Robert Woods the ball early and often. Ezekiel Elliott got his touches, but really uh, they got to the red zone. I'd love to see the red zone numbers because um, the Cowboys just kind of stalled plenty Mm -hmm. in that game when when they did get into scoring position. And it wasn't... um, you know, it wasn't the, the greatest performance from Dak Prescott as he looks for uh, a contract extension and maybe uh, some MVP votes here. It was, a, you know, not to say that they are the Chicago Bears because I think the Cowboys are far more talented, especially on an offensive uh, game plan and an offensive execution standpoint. But it was very much the Cowboys that we saw and that we've seen. That Doesn't we look like much has changed. Yeah. No, no. Um Amari Cooper was kind of held in check for a majority of that game. ton of wide receiver talent there with Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb now being another target for Dak. This is a team that should be scoring 30 points a game. Uh, you come out with 17 in the opening weekend and you can't be too happy. Yeah, I don't, like, I, I've 
I don't see the $40 million quarterback in Dak. I think last night, or sorry, Sunday night, kind of fed into that narrative. He's got all these weapons. He's got, uh, granted, Mike McCarthy didn't have the greatest reputation after leaving Green Bay, but like you've got a head coach that's won a Super Bowl that's had some pretty good offenses in the past. He's got everything he could want. Granted, the offensive line lost a couple pieces and looked like they were struggling to find their footing totally, but I wasn't impressed with Dak Prescott week one for a guy who's going out trying to be a $40 million quarterback with those weapons around him. You got to be better than that. Yeah. Um, my big takeaway from this one, SoFi Stadium oh is a must. Oh, my God. I got to go there. See. That place looks absolutely It's like ridiculous. I didn't realize that it was like an open-air stadium. Too. Like, it's got a roof, but, like, it's open-air. And, like, it's, walk it's in. It's got a roof, but the whole roof is clear. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Translucent, wild. I believe, is the word I heard all the time. Uh, fantastic uh, inaugural game there for the L.A. Rams. Oh, speaking of which, after, it's, it's a minor grievance, but I'm going to do a grievance on that game slash broadcast once we get uh, once we get through this. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, just got to knock out the Monday night games here. Pittsburgh victorious over the Giants, 26-16. to 16. Uh, Big Ben looked good. I, I liked what I saw out of Big Ben in, uh, in his first game back in a very long time. Uh, you saw him with the throwing sleeve on on the sideline, trying to keep the elbow warm. Love it. Uh, Giants' inability to get Saquon Barkley going will be damning for them. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if they can't block the run for Saquon Barkley, who I'd argue is the most talented running back in a league of very talented running backs, um, you're not going to win many games. Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100%. The Steelers' defense looked like they lived up to the, the hype that they're kind of getting around the league. And if the Giants, we didn't think the Giants were going to be a great team this year, but they're really not going to be a very good team. Saquon Barkley can't get going on the ground. I would push back on the Steelers' uh, defensive praise just a little bit because Daniel Jones did move the ball pretty much. Fair enough, but will, 29 but total yards on the ground, for sure. that's going to get the job. Run done. defense looked great. Daniel Jones was able to exploit the secondary just a little bit here and there. A um, couple big turnovers, one in the red zone there uh, that kind of led to a 10-point loss here. Giants could have been in this one uh, much later than they were, but the Steelers come away victorious 26-16. And then NFL after dark, Titans win 16-14. Steven Gostowski leaves 10 points on the board and takes money out of my pocket because I was on the Titans uh, laying the three. Would have been no problem if it wasn't for the Super Bowl champion, uh, future Hall of Famer, as Steve Levy uh, wanted us to know over and over. Uh, but Steven Gostowski gets oh, it done in the end, hits a game winner from 25 yards to uh, salvage something. Did a 25-yard field goal save his job? I don't know if it saved his job, but... Has he been uh, cut yet? It might have saved his life. Uh, he has not been cut just yet. Missed three field goals and an extra point. Terrible outing from Gostowski. Um, just kind of a ho-hum football game from both of these sides. Uh, yeah. Derrick Henry uh, was not very good on the ground. I mean... He was Derrick Henry. He didn't get to the end zone. Mm -hmm. I mean, he surpassed 100 yards as he's going to impose his will uh, on opposing defenses uh, time and again. I mean, it just looks like no fun to tackle the guy uh, year after year. And Ryan Tannehill looked like he might have been feeling the pressure a little bit more than last year. That big money, yeah. Looked a little bit out of sorts from time to time. On the Broncos side of things, just a, just a team that's you know lacking its heart in Von Miller, who they lost just a couple days prior to the season. I really like Drew Locke. 
um, his confidence in the pocket, his confidence to deliver the football. But you only get 14 points out of it. You got to want more. 16-14 Titans win to round out week one. Yeah, Vic Fangio just needs to know that you can't oh take God. those timeouts with you, buddy. Like you don't get six in the first half next can't week. Can't trade those, him for those points. Those don't overlap. Uh, tough look as he does not afford his team much time on the back end to try and go uh, go rush down the field to to score some points. At least get in a field goal range to try and win the game. Um, I think they got the ball back with what. 35 seconds left yeah, I think three timeouts, yeah. something like that. You, so, you, you can't take those uh, with you, buddy. You got to call them. Tough. There, there's a, there was a screen grab going around of it's Vic like with the clock in that scenario and the clock's running. Um, or It was like a minute. It was, in, it was just outside of a minute and the clock's running and Matt Patricia, or excuse me, um, Mike Vrabel standing there waiting to call the timeout. Fangio sitting there waiting to call the timeout. They're kind of playing a game of chicken. And there's a coach standing behind Vic Fangio just with his arms out, like, what are we doing? So um, I think there, there needs to be a clock management coach uh, yeah. in Denver, perhaps. But yeah. that was week one in the NFL. It was fun to have it back. We're looking forward to doing it uh, 15 more times and hopefully beyond for Chicago Bears football. But we shall see. Uh, week one in the books, want to know Bears. Yeah, we went a little longer on that segment than usual, but that's okay. It's week one. We haven't had football in a while. We like it. We like so to do it. We uh, should football. we just jump into some buy or sell then? Hit can, some other can, topics here. Can I complain? Can I complain about We also need to do locks of the week. We forgot to talk about that, but we need to pick locks of the week. I oh. really scroll through my book. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll air a grievance while you, uh, while you look for your pick, okay. uh, but I am going to ask you to, you'll, you'll probably agree with me. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I think it was right after the, the Rams missed a field goal in, in Sunday Night Football. Uh, whatever his name, Steve Sloman, or whatever, which is a hilarious name. Uh hit one off the off the pipe and and missed that way and Al Michaels made the comment it was a single doink not a double doink and that's not mm-hmm. the only reference to the double doink I heard throughout Sunday <laughs> I get it guys it happened and it quite honestly probably ruined the bears this this bears team whether you want to admit that or not it very it, it played a part in the downfall totally, of what totally we're seeing now and might be the main factor it happened stop bringing it up I get it. It happened. It's over with. I don't. I, I can't keep hearing about it every single week when a kicker misses. I know Cody Parkey double doinked it. The Bears lost because of it. Their, their Super Bowl aspirations with this group probably went out the window with it. Just stop talking about it. I need it to be gone. I can't keep doing this. I can't uh, it's keep not hearing going about to be it every gone. week. You I know going it's to never going to be gone. Again. You are going to hear about it again Why on we, Thursday night. On Thursday every night time. football. Why do we have to bring it up? Because Cody Parkey I know. Is he has the a job kicker somehow. for the Cleveland Browns. Why do we this need Thursday to keep bringing night? it up? It happened. It was two years ago. Like, it's over. It was a wild card game two years ago. This wasn't the Super Bowl. This you know, wasn't I, the I have NFC an championship game. I'd, stop you, talking about if it. If you'd stop moaning, I, I have an answer for you. I have an answer for I'm you. I'm hurt. Something you can learn from this. Something you can take can't away. can't learn anything. Not just for football. Not just for sports. For life. It shows how important solid branding is. The double doing, alliteration, it sounds nice, pops right out of your mouth, just bounces off the tongue. Double doing, it sounds nice, it reads nice, it's something very easy for broadcasters to latch onto, point their finger, and laugh with the mob at like we love to. Uh, we're just on the wrong side of that pointed finger I just, uh, I in this instance. I can't, I, can't keep, I can't keep doing that. Brand it well. Brand it well and make your money. 
Uh, uh, but, I, but I agree with you. There, there's your there's your mini grievance, uh, Matt. Should we jump into some uh, some buy or sell? You want to do locks first here? Your your call. If you got one, go ahead with it. I can scroll while you're talking. Uh, I'm I want to know. By the way, wholeheartedly believe that for one week, Did you know the that? Baltimore Ravens okay. are a touchdown better than the Houston Texans. Baltimore laying six and a half at Houston. Give me Baltimore laying the points. I like that pick a lot. I, I'm leaning towards a pick here that. Uh, Did you win your week one pick? I got to keep I had a the Bears. Here. Yeah, I had the Bears. You had the Bears. I had as the Bears your plus lock. three. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. and they technically got there, so good for me. Um, I, I know you don't usually like going with the team uh, traveling from west to east, but I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to be a team that comes out with a chip on their shoulder, plays with a little bit of an edge. They're not happy they lost week one at home. I don't think the New York Jets are a good football team at all whatsoever. I'm going to take the 49ers laying six and a half on the road at the Jets. I like that pick as well. Uh, Got to believe Kyle Shanahan's going to have the boys buzzing a little bit yeah. better than he did in week one. Uh, you know, they, they came so they became so accustomed to winning those close games mm-hmm. last season that I think that they have to that has to be a focal point this week at practices. You know, we're going to find ourselves in those close games again, especially in this division. You just got to end up on the right side of them. You got to execute and end up on the right side of them. They did not on Sunday. Uh, they should be able to take out some of those frustrations against the Jets. I am uh, in lockstep with you on that pick. Let's jump into some buy or sell here, Ooh. Matt. Uh, other topics to hit. It is U.S. Open week, and we are a, we golf, are a golf podcast. Wingfoot, uh, just about 20 minutes from me here in Merrimack, New York. Uh, just a historic club, one of the places that you think of U.S. Opens being played. And it is going to apparently play like a U.S. Open. Five and a half inches in some places, the rough. Did you uh, see, I, for, I forgot what whose account, but there was a, they pretty much dropped a ball in the rough and showed you what it looked like. You couldn't see the ball. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. I think you're going to see a lot of guys uh, taking irons, taking less than driver, trying to keep it in the fairway and leaving themselves long irons into greens because they are large greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that makes them easy because they are some of the most difficult greens in the world. Pitchy from all angles. If you're on the wrong tier, it could be a five putt. Like it's just, it's a gong show out there and it's going to be a bloodbath. I think that um, you're going to see a lot of attrition and whoever can withstand that attrition is going to win. There's not going to be a runaway winner here, but that leads to my buy or sell question here, Matt. Buy or sell, the U.S. Open winner will shoot par or better. I'm going to say it's going to be close, but I am going to buy it um, because I think we saw a very similar U.S. Open, had a similar nerve heading into it at Oakmont a few years ago when Dustin Johnson won it. And while that was a little bit of a bloodbath, I I, I think DJ won at five, and then you had a couple guys at one and even. So I think it's going to be close. I think your winner is going to be right around that even par, one under, maybe two under mark, though. Uh, I got a little bit of inside information of from, course the, you do. from the super here. Um, he said that if the wind blows at all and these guys are wayward off the tee, winner should be around four or five over par. Interesting. Um, that's obviously coming from the guy setting up the course. He's not making the decisions, but the guy you know who's – actually taking the USGA's directive and putting it into action, but five and a half inch rough. I, I just don't know if anyone hits fairways with anyone. The guys who hit fairways with the, you know, regularity that you need to, to score at this course, aren't the guys who've been hot. You know, Dustin's a little bit wayward off the tee from time to time. Justin Thomas, a little bit wayward off the tee. Uh, Brooks isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Bryson wayward off the tee. So like the big names that you think of right now, 
I think it sets up nicely for a guy like Colin Morikawa, maybe. I mm-hmm. think it sets up nicely for certain guys who are just going to be able to keep it around par, keep their wits about them, and get the job done. But I think the winner is over par this week. Okay, so is, is Colin Morikawa your, your official pick there? <sighs> I've been I don't, really, I don't with, really know who to pick because I've I been don't... riding with Justin Thomas like most tournaments, and it just hasn't really panned out late in the season here. He's obviously been in contention a lot of times. But yeah, give me Colin Morikawa. That's fair. I like that pick. I don't really have a... a, a, a Back-to-back know. major wins? I don't, that just doesn't seem right for... I don't know. I'm staying with, Yeah, I'll stay with it. Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I, I like. I, I'll, I'll go Justin Rose. Give me Justin Rose. Why not? He Ooh. he's won a U.S. Open at a at a course similar to like the, when he won at Marion. I think it was right around one under. I know he hasn't been quite on fire this year, but he's a guy who plays pretty consistent golf. Plays within himself. Doesn't really get too high or too low. He, he's been there before, so I'll, I'll take Justin Rose. Also, I don't hate Adam Scott at plus three thousand. I don't think that's a bad bad value pick either. If you're looking to to dabble with some some long shots. Yeah. I, I think just go to driving stats, driving accuracy, uh, narrow the list down to the top 10 guys mm-hmm. on that list because that is really going to tell the story. Would you lay $45,000 on Phil Mickelson? No. Okay, neither would no. I. Yeah, because I do that. Phil has trouble getting it around um, you, like yes, certain yeah. certain courses that set up nicely. And if there is if there is one man who is wayward off the tee, it's Phil. Uh, it's Phil Mickelson. And if there's one man who has the ghosts of Wingfoot still haunting him, I went Phil back Mickelson. and watched that tee shot on pull YouTube. The, and pull like, the 2006 tape. It's just <laughs> oh no, <clears throat> the whole hole is just oh no. Yeah, the whole thing. Uh, start to finish, it did start with that bad tee shot left, got a bad bounce. Uh, if he would have gone left of left and not bounced off of that uh, tent, he probably would have been okay. He probably would have been in the fairway adjacent. I don't know what fairway that is, uh, and had a better shot. But um, no, that was that was the last gasp, I think, or the first and last gasp for Phil Mickelson uh, at a U.S. Open. All right, so should we talk? Uh, my my turn to ask a question. I want to talk yep. college football because we didn't. We are we are a football pod as well, not just an NFL pod. Um, I just want to ask your impressions by yourself, fanless college football, because I think of all these sports we've watched fanless, obviously you talked about earlier about how football is the most affected. I think college football, even more so than pro football is the weirdest to watch. Um, fans. I don't know about more so, and it's going to be kind of goofy, but the bands did something for me. Like fan, schools that allowed their bands mm-hmm. to be in the stands and socially distance. It at least had that, chorus no pun intended that we expect in college football it had the brass section it had some drums um it felt normal whereas you know we could sit here and do a full podcast about the struggles of the nfl to you know have the proper reactions to plays with this pa sound that they're pumping in like it was weird it wasn't right like there were i had no problem with the pa sound yeah but there were in there were incongruent like third down rushes sound like game-winning touchdowns in some cases. Like enough, there were yeah. roars at the wrong times. It just felt a little bit disjointed, whereas college football, the the band made it feel a little bit like home. Um, no, the atmosphere wasn't there. The tailgate cutaways, the buzz you get on a campus on a Saturday wasn't there. But there was a semblance with the band for me, so I guess I'm buying and selling. That's fair. I, I it, it's just so watching some of those. I think it was West Virginia and uh, somebody they beat. It might have been like Eastern Kentucky. They beat up. But watching like that game and being able like the the NFL, I think did a good job of kind of hiding the like the the fans on the far shot of the field, so you couldn't really see it. There were no fans. You could clearly see none, and just th- that for me was just really really weird with college football. Um, 
I don't know, that said, it was still nice to have that back, too. It was nice to see Notre Dame do what they do on Saturdays so often at home and sweat things out against an inferior opponent and then figure out a way to win. Uh, but it was fun. Glad it's back. Fans are glad good. it is back. Uh, Matt, we got uh, one half of the Stanley Cup final uh, figured out here. The Dallas Stars plunging their ticket. Long, long, long shots. Um, uh, Tampa Bay, this is being recorded on Tuesday, will look to punch their ticket tonight, currently leading 3-1. Uh, in their series, very likely but, they're uh, they're in that final after tonight. You think you think it's over tonight? Okay, yeah, so Tampa's we're, we're really good. Probably looking at a Tampa Dallas. You know, no one. You know, when you think NHL hockey, you think Tampa and Dallas uh, for your Stanley <laughs> Cup. Just final how here. the league drew that up. With their but markets. I want to focus on Dallas because I think that the restart and the format benefited them big time here. Uh, buy or sell, Danley. Uh, Danley. Buy or buy or sell, Dallas. Garage the World. Dallas Stars Stanley Cup. Uh, Potential, let's say they go on to win the whole thing. Buy or sell, the Dallas Stars are a rightful champion or the season is a fluke? 100% think they're a rightful champion. First, they're not like the Hawks where the Hawks got into the playoff because they added, they expanded. The Stars were in it for, from the from the get-go. And the Stars have been a pretty darn good hockey team all year. It's just like you said, they're in Dallas, and they don't really do it in a flashy way. They don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of offensive firepower, but they do have four lines that they can roll consistently. They play really good defense, and they got, as we've seen so many times here in Chicago, Stanley Cup runs, they got really, really good goaltending down the stretch. And they they had a they were the team that, you know, they other teams ran into a hot goaltender, Anton Kudobin. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's not at all a fluke. They're not your traditional team. They're not one of the teams we all expected. Um, but they went out and beat the Colorado Avalanche, who were many teams, uh, many people's Stanley Cup favorite, at least Western Conference favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Then they went out and beat the Vegas Golden Knights, who were a lot of other people's Stanley Cup slash Western Conference favorite. So it's for me, it's every bit as legitimate as if it were a normal season. Um, they absolutely went out and earned it. They they played incredibly good hockey, and they have a very good goaltender right now. That said, I think Tampa is kind of a buzzsaw at the moment. There's your uh, Matt's Hockey Minute. Matt's Hockey Minute on the Stanley Via Cup. Via or sell. You got also, one more the Blackhawks offered Corey Crawford a one-year, $3.5 million contract. That's a, that's a How does that make you feel? Uh, I'd like it if, if he took that. I don't think he's going to yeah. take it. I think he might have to add another year onto that. Well, he's got that um, mortgage in the West Loop. So it's true. That, that would pay it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, obviously you're a Sox fan, and last night, I don't know if you saw the Sox game, it was, if that's what October baseball is going to be, I'm going to be a mess by the end of it, because that was so (laughs) much fun, but my God, was that stressful, because they just kept walking people. Um, That said, Jose Abreu, I believe, had another big night. I think he was two for five. I think he had a double as well in there. He is, I think, the second odds-on favorite to be AL MVP behind Shane Bieber right now, but I think Shane Bieber loses votes because he's a pitcher. I want to ask you, not the Sox fan, but the national you know, sports talent that you are. Icon? Um, was what's, that? No, not even close no? to an okay. icon. No, not even that. Right. Um, Buy or sell Jose Abreu's odds for AL MVP as a, you know, I, I want to get the national perspective on it because obviously the local, we're, we're pounding it as much as anybody can, and he should quite honestly, be the AL MVP after what he's doing right now. But I want to see what, what the national perspective is. Yeah, people are taking stock of Jose Abreu, but I, I agree with, I guess, the impetus of this question that he's not getting uh, the just respect, the due respect, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about the league's inability to market their stars. I wouldn't say Jose Abreu is even um, presented by Major League Baseball as one of its stars, unfortunately with what he's done over the last two, three seasons has been amazing. And the numbers scream AL MVP right now. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, will he get it? Will he get his due respect? I don't know. It's not, it's not leaning that direction right now. But we talk about the notion of undeniability on the podcast a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Jose Abreu has an opportunity over these final two and a half weeks here to remain undeniable and win that award. I think that this year, more than any, um, it's not going to feel like you have your answer once Game 60 is played. But the writers, all the voters are going to have to look back at that small sample size. And I think a lot of them are going to look at the number, look at the slash line. And I think at the end of the day, Jose Abreu does get his just due once they go look at that slash line. You know, there's not the... There's not going to be the moment or moments to pull out of a season because there's just not that much time. Um, if Jose Abreu can deliver a moment for the White Sox here in the final couple weeks, I think that seals his case. If he can hit a walk-off, hit a double, have a great game, mm-hmm. four for four, three for four in a division-deciding game or a seeding-deciding game, that will galvanize his uh, campaign, if you will. But um, no, at the root of your question, I, I think that Jose Abreu is still being slept on a little bit nationally. Fair enough. I, I, well, I don't think that's fair enough because he shouldn't be. But I think your point, too, he's he's one moment away and he's got that yeah. chance with three more at home against the Twins. I mean, if you if the Sox can take three out of four, that really, really creates some separation if he's a key part in that. Um, I agree. I think that would really solidify his case that I think he's already starting to pull away with just a little bit. I mean, you look at his numbers. He's leading the majors, majors not just the AL and RBI. He's tie, he's one home run behind Trout and Cruz for the MLB lead. He's hitting 320. Um, it's his award to lose, I think, right now. I love it. Uh, Matt, I got nothing else for these people. Yeah, I don't think they we do. To us. Uh, they listen to us belabor over our bears one week in, even through. It's going to be a long, long season. <sighs> I'm going to need. I'm, I'm gonna happy need, we have it. I'd rather have this to talk about than not. We're going to need a tea sponsorship. Like a, I'm like horse whiskey sponsorship. Yeah, whiskeys on Sundays, tea on Mondays. Ooh, uh, that, that, that writes itself. So you talk about good branding. That's your brand. Print, print the shirts. Uh, for Matt, I am Joe. Thank you for listening to this episode 171 of the Moose and Runes podcast. It's been a blast. We are loving having football back uh, in all ways, shapes, and forms with minimal capacity, with no capacity, whatever it may be. The game we love is back, and we will be here all season to break it down for you. We'll also be offering you winning wagers. Again, Matt is rolling with the 49ers. This week playing six and a half. I am laying, I am rolling with the Ravens this week, laying six and a half. Hopefully, bringing you a couple winners this week with a uh, pair of Super Bowl favorites, if you will, at least from a year ago. But uh, it's been a blast through week one. We'll continue to bring you all the winning wagers and analysis you love. But for Matt, I am Joe. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Bye bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome.